Welcome to the Erickson Covenant Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. We confess that we don't have all the answers, but as a community, we seek to find and follow Jesus and to discover daily the life he has always wanted for us. We hope this message will be encouraging and will inspire you to take the next steps on your spiritual journey. If we can help you in any way, please connect with us. The easiest way is through our website at ericksoncovenant.ca. Let's get started. Thank you very much, Amanda and uh, Cheryl and Mike, for really great choices today to help us to get into the thought of praising the Lord. Today's question is, why? Why praise God? Uh, Back at the end of June or late June, I guess, Pastor Tom challenged us to create our own playlists from the Psalms over this summer. Going to put you on the spot here. Did you do that? Anybody? Nobody? Am I the only overachiever in the group? Okay, I took the challenge to heart in several different ways. Um, I subscribed to Spotify, and one of the first things I did was I I searched for a ready-made Psalms playlist. I found one that is 12 hours long. This parade of songs has been playing in my home uh, quite a lot over the summer when I've been home. Uh, It's provided the soundtrack for writing days and canning days and cleaning days, of which there have not been quite as many as there ought to have been. Um, But knowing that I was going to talk to you about Psalm 145, I also searched specifically for songs that referred to or came from Psalm 145. And I found over a dozen of those. And that's my uh, playlist on YouTube. So I've had that one there quite a bit as well. Another type of playlist from the Psalms that I came up with this summer uh, came from the YouVersion app. I've mentioned before that I've been doing Bible in one year through that free app for six or seven years now. But You know, sometimes you're kind of bogged down in Leviticus or Ezekiel for like much too long. And so you kind of need something a little bit more refreshing going on as well. So I often have one or sometimes two and occasionally three short, um, you know, five or seven or 20 day um, reading plans that focus on a theme or on a a different um, book of the Bible. And so... What I did this summer was I found several that had to do with the Psalms, and I worked my way through three or four of them, I guess. And one more, I found C.S. Lewis's book, Reflections on the Psalms. It was on sale for Kindle and on audio, so I think I paid under five bucks for the combo. And I've been reading and listening to that on and off um, over the last few weeks as well. I've still got quite a bit of that one to go. So why all this immersion into the Psalms? What is so great about the Psalms anyway? Why are we parked here all summer this year? Well, as you may have figured out in the past couple of months, if you had not figured it out before that, these are poems and songs that express emotions to God or about God. And one of the practices that's mentioned often in the Psalms is praise for God. And that's definitely the main point of this Psalm 145, which is the last recorded Psalm of David in the book. So before we dive in, let's pray together. 
Father God, we are gathered here today in your name. I pray that you will bless our time together and give us insight into your word as spoken by David. Please teach us why and how our praise is so important to you and to us and to share with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Why is it so important for us to praise God? Or maybe you have wondered, as I have done in the past, if it's even important at all. Doesn't God already know how great he is? What difference does it really make if he hears it from our puny little mouths? Does it make any difference? Is he some sort of egotistical maniac who makes this demand from us to make himself feel bigger and better like a schoolyard bully? One day I realized that praise isn't actually for God's benefit. It's for mine, for ours. By expressing our acknowledgement of who God is and our gratitude for what he's done, we are changed. We are aligned we are becoming aligned into uh, what God wants for us to be. An article in Charisma magazine says this, a person who does not worship will have a difficult time hearing and discerning God's voice, his truth. Worship positions the heart to receive, the eyes to see, and the mind to comprehend God's will. The article went on to say that we need three things to grow spiritually. We need God's word, we need prayer, and we need to worship. If we only read God's word, we gain knowledge. Knowledge is, is good. But 1 Corinthians 8.1 tells us that knowledge on its own puffs us up. Knowledge by itself is not that useful. If we only pray, it can become a ritual of dead repetition and a list of demands. Anybody else ever been there? Dear God, I want and need this, this, and this. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye. If we only worship without reading the word or praying, we may have an emotional high with no foundation. We need all three aspects to flourish as believers. Together, they align us to God's purpose. They change us. In Psalm 145, adds what seems to me to be a fourth angle, and that is sharing our good news. And today we're going to get practical about this as we dig into this psalm. Everyone have a sheet of paper and a pen? If you do not, we have people who are willing to rectify that situation. And if you're watching online, feel free to grab a pen and paper right now because we're going to be using them. And if you'd prefer to, of course, you can pop open the notes app on your phone. That's fine too, but I'd, I'd like you to, we're going to be doing some recording here this morning. So for now, uh, I'm going to start reading this beautiful psalm of praise to God from the New International Version. I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Have you praised God yet this morning? Have you? David did this every day, and we're going to do that together today. So what's going on in these verses? Well, there's David. He's the one who's doing the praising. There is our God, the King, the one most worthy of praise, whose greatness is unfathomable. And David says, 
that he praises God enthusiastically, passionately. That's what extol means. Every day and forever and ever. This is not once and done, folks. This is rinse and repeat. Right? Why do you think? I'm reminded of an old story uh, about a couple who's been married for many, many years. One day he comes home and he finds his wife packing up to leave him. Why? He asks. Because you don't love me anymore, she says. He's perplexed. I told you I loved you when I married you, and I'd have let you know if it changed. (laughs) So to compare God with this poor wife does him a great disservice, but I think the story does remind us that we all like to hear words like, I love you, I appreciate you. That thing you did, you did an awesome job. That was great. We're made in God's image, so don't you think he likes to hear those words too? Later this week, Jim and I will celebrate our 43rd anniversary. I would like to tell you that every moment has been sheer bliss, um, but I would be lying. We've definitely had our rough patches. Um, Those rough patches started pretty early, and we still have them because, hello, we're fairly human, fairly quite a lot. At the first sign of newlyweds having their first tiff or being a little or a lot obtuse about what the other one wants or needs, we joke and say, well, the honeymoon's over. We know that humans cannot sustain that level of attention and intensity toward another person indefinitely. What goes up must come down. It's inevitable. It's a foregone conclusion. Familiarity, they say, breeds contempt. Even if it doesn't, it breeds status quo. The high becomes ho-hum because we can't come up with enough thoughts and ideas and actions every day to keep things fresh. We're distracted by the basic necessities of life. Work, food, sleep. Keeping that high isn't even an option. Am I right? We we can't. It's, It's just not in our DNA. But Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Does that sound like a love that's gone stale? It doesn't to me. Not with a rejoicing lover singing love songs as he delights in his bride. That sounds like the height of the honeymoon. That's him. What about us? Do we have that capacity to love him the same way? And how does praise fit into that? So glad you asked. You may not have noted that you were asking, but you did. Back to Psalm 145, verses 3 through 7. Great is the Lord and worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. David has kind of switched gears here a little. After telling God how amazing he is, now he's got all the generations gathered. They're telling each other how great God is. They're telling each other of God's mighty acts. 
They're speaking of the glorious splendor of God's majesty. They're meditating on his wonderful works, proclaiming his great deeds, celebrating his abundant goodness, and joyfully singing of God's righteousness. They're keeping the good news alive by sharing it with each other. This isn't a solo private act anymore. It's an act of corporate worship. So we're going to do that too. I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to make use of that pen and paper. Make a note of something. doesn't have to be long. Just enough to jog your own memory where you have experienced God's mighty, awesome, wonderful works on your behalf. Could have been last week, last year, 20 years ago. I don't care. What mighty thing has God done for you? Just take a minute, grab your pen, and write something down. Some of you might be new to the idea of God, let alone praising him. You might wonder what awesome things he has done for you. Uh, And we'll be talking about that in a few minutes. But if you know something that God has done for you right now, uh, please make a note. Goes for you at home too. Get busy writing. Oh no, dry pen. We've got somebody needs a pen down here. Was that you, Faye? No? So I'm going to assume that you've got something written down that will jog your memory for later. And we're going to take a look at verse 8. It's a refrain we see in other parts of the Old Testament. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and rich in love. You will also find this concept in Exodus 34, 6, when God is revealing himself to Moses. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. You'll find it in Numbers 14, 18, where the Israelites are complaining to Moses and Aaron and threatening to stone them. But Moses says the Lord is slow to anger, abounding in love and forgiving sin and rebellion. You'll find it in Psalm 103, 8. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. There's lots of other places too. Makes a good spot for study. And uh, you might want to look them up later. But for now... Take that pen and paper again and make a note. When has God been compassionate to you? When has he shown his graciousness to you? When has he shown himself slow to anger and rich in love to you? We're heading back into Psalm 145 now, starting at verse 9. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might, so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom 
and your dominion endures through all generations. So here's another expansion. No longer is it David praising God by himself. No longer is it the generations um, praising God together. Now it's all of creation. God is good to all he has made. All God's work praise him so that all people will know about God's mighty acts and the glorious splendor of his everlasting kingdom. Do you know about God's mighty acts? Do you know about how he created the universe? Do you know how he sent his only son, Jesus, to take our punishment for sin so we could be reconciled to the Father forever? Do you know that we will live in his everlasting kingdom if we accept what he's done for us? If you don't know these things, come talk to me afterwards. I'd love to tell you all about these wonderful things that God has done for you. It's definitely worth praising God for. Remember that praise is twofold. It is about who God is and about what he has done. Okay? So let's look at this list of some of the things he has done for us in the next few verses. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. You might know what's coming, right? When has God upheld you when you fell? When has he lifted you up when life was just too much to bear? When has he given you food when you needed it? When has he satisfied your desires? Let's take a couple minutes and you can contemplate these verses and think about how God has been there for you in your times of need. Write something down. Ready to continue through the next section? Wave like crazy if you're not ready. We're starting back in on verse 17. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. What did you see in those verses? God is present in our troubles and near if we call on him. God takes care of us. He hears the cry of our heart. He saves us. He watches over all those who love him. Let's pause for a moment again. You can make a note of one time God was present for you when you really needed him or when he answered the cry of your heart. Take a moment and write something down.
Now the final verse of Psalm 145 circles back to the main theme. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. David is praising God and he invites every creature, that includes us, to praise God's holy name into eternity. So how do we do that? We do it on purpose, just like we've been doing this morning. We do it by meditating on who God is and on what God has done. We do it by declaring God's mighty acts to each other and drawing each other's eyes to God's amazingness. Here's a true story, unlike the other one I told. You may not know that uh, Pastor Tom specifically invited several of us onto a small preaching team. And we get together monthly and talk about upcoming sermons and themes and series and ideas, how things went. We met in June, just a couple of weeks before Cheryl and Peter were preaching. So we were focused on discussing those psalms and their thoughts on how they were going to approach what they had chosen. It was still a long time until August 27th but it did come. Uh, um, So in my own very brief report, because it truly wasn't all about me that day, I said I didn't know exactly how I was approaching the text, but I had the applications nailed. Yes, you heard plural. Applications nailed down. Sometimes, but not always, as a fiction author, I know how a story ends, but not how I'm going to get there. And so... That's uh, kind of what happened here. I I keep the ending in mind, and that helps me choose the way through the story that brings about that ending. And so I didn't didn't know how I was going to get there, but choosing the end helped me to find the path to it. Does that make sense? In front of you, if you've been following along, you have a piece of paper with three or four, or maybe more, specific memories jotted on it. You've made notes of when you have personally experienced God's faithfulness, his greatness, and his power on your behalf. Let's quiet our hearts for just a moment and thank God for who he is and what he has done in our lives. Kind of hinted at this a few minutes ago. I have four challenges for you this week. You can pick and choose, but they're actually not all that hard. Number one, extol the Lord every day. Every day, thank him for who he is and what he has done for you. If you need a reminder, open Psalm 145. Open probably over half of the Psalms. And let it guide, excuse me, let it guide your thoughts. Two, go into Spotify or Apple Music or YouTube or wherever you prefer and type Psalms into the search bar. And let that be your background music for a few hours. Pastor Tom has been recommending the Psalms playlist from poor Bishop Hooper, which I have a hard time saying. (laughs) It's a great place to start as well. Number three, 
right now, I want you to think of one person in your life who is from a younger generation than you are. This might be your child, your grandchild, a neighbor, doesn't matter. When you have someone in mind, I'd like you to go back to verse 3. One generation will commend his works to another. This week, take just a few minutes to specifically talk to that person about something God has done for you. It doesn't have to be a big deal. It doesn't have to be a production. It doesn't have to be a sermon. Probably better if it isn't. You can say something like, didn't God make the Creston Valley an amazingly beautiful place? Right? How hard is that? You're giving credit to God for what he has done, and you're giving that credit to another generation. Commend his works one to another. And number four, take time to ponder God's attributes. Honestly, you can make a game of it. I like doing that. I didn't mention to you earlier, but Psalm 145 is actually an acrostic. Um, not so much in English, okay? If you're curious how that plays out, go ahead and Google it. I'm, I'm not going to go that direction. But write your own acrostic, right? You can take a phrase or word like worthy of praise or worship the king, any other one, and, and then think of a word for each letter that is an attribute of God or something that describes him. Bonus points, write an entire acrostic poem and email it to me. I'd love to hear it. Or you can color a verse. I brought um, Psalm 145.8 today. There's a stack of them at the back there on the coffee table, which is a different meaning than your coffee table at home. And you can color this in. And when you color the words, think about them. Think of examples of what those words mean. Just contemplate them and thank God for them. Or you can ponder God's attributes, and you can ponder, um, by uh, finding the words. On the back of that is a word search puzzle with many attributes of God found in this particular psalm. Take a copy, contemplate the words as you search for them. Think about what God has done for you, who he is, and what he has done for you. So there's a handful of, of these on the back, or you're, you can download a PDF file at home, print it out if you like. You'll find them at ericksoncovenant.ca, Psalm 145. You can probably remember that long enough to look it up at home. So please join me today, this week, and forever and ever in extolling the greatness of our God. Let's pray together. Father God, we praise you for who you are and for what you have done in our lives. We've thought of some specific incidents in our lives this morning, and we thank you. Thank you so much for coming through for us in our times of need. Help us remember to praise you daily. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening in today. We hope you feel encouraged and challenged. If you know someone who would benefit from what you have heard today, please share this podcast. For more information, or if you have questions, you can connect with us through our website, ericksoncovenant.ca. 
You can also find us on Facebook by searching for Erickson Covenant Church.